Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the ability to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 79 of Screwball, uh, coming into the final weeks of the season here, um, and it is going to be reflective of our topic this week, that we are starting to get to crunch time. Uh, crunch time for players, crunch time for managers, crunch time for fans. It's uh, getting really, really intense. Uh, the wild card races, as we, as we talked about last week, are heating up. You know, Divisional races are keeping kind of steady, um, but the play is uh, looking really good. Had some really good uh, games on Sunday. One particular late Sunday game between the Mets and the Yankees was really uh, one of the more electric games you'll see all season. But, you know, as I mentioned, it is crunch time, and that kind of goes into our topic that Frank brought for us. Uh, This week we're going to talk about who could be on the hot seat, you know, which managers could be on the hot seat this year, uh, coming into maybe some contract years, or who, um, you know, who could be looked at as, uh, you know, maybe they could be losing their job in the offseason, so... I'll let Frank lead off as we usually do, since it's his topic. And uh, um, so, who do you think, in you know, with the managers, who do you think could be uh, really, really sitting on the hot seat or the hottest of seats? Yeah, um, obviously coming down the stretch, um, there's some teams that have underperformed for sure. I go along with some teams who kind of performed how they were expected to, but you know, their expected performance was not good. So, some guys I think to really mention. Obviously, you're going to start with some of the biggest teams. You know, you got the Yankees, Aaron Boone, coming in a contract year, uh, which the Yankees is up and down and question marks all over the place. Is he on the hot seat? Probably, unless the Yankees do some sort of late run. And even that late run in previous years, Joe Girardi didn't work. Um, and then to bring up Girardi, is Joe Girardi on the hot seat? I know it's early, um, but that team was kind of like, hey, we spent some money, let's get good. I don't think he's on the hot seat too much. You know, I, would I be surprised? Probably not, but hmm. I... I I don't think he's on the hot seat. Uh, you got the Mets, hot seat. His, he just doesn't need to be there. <laughs> you have a home run team. Uh, you know, not a home run team. I shouldn't say that's a bad uh, phrase. But you have a, you know, a big-time franchise, a team that wants to win, ready to win, a manager ready to win, and you hire kind of no-excitement guy. Right. It's kind of like, uh, you know, I, I said the same thing when uh, – the Giants of uh, the New York Giants for football hired Pat Shermer. Not mm. that he's not a good coach, he's just not a New York guy. Right. You're trying to bring like a like a a, a smooth, calm guy to New York. It's just like that's not the, you, you need that Rex Ryan, your Bobby Valentine. You know, you need that that ruckus. Yeah. yeah. You know, I guess you know you got Tory. You know, he kind of settled things down with the Yankees, but you know that was one out of the fifty that they had. You know, they had the Billy Martins and the stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. But, yeah, I think that I think the Mets need to go get somebody different. I mm. just don't think that's the right move there. It's just not enough. It doesn't fit New York mm. kind of move. Not veteran enough. I know what you mean. Um, but they also go with that is the Padres and Tingler. Mm-hmm. He's another one. The team's ready to go, and it's an exciting team. And you've seen last year, he was like, yeah, my, my guy shouldn't have swung there and stuff like that. It's like, what are you doing? 
Mm-hmm. So I think he's on the hot seat for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, even if the Padres somehow make the playoffs, even unless they go all the way, he's in the hot seat. Um, and then some other teams you can look at. I mean, Twins for sure. They yep. underperformed. I mean, they're unbelievably bad. They're in last, right? Yeah, they're just not good all year. Never even been good at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, you can look at, you know, some bad teams who are kind of expected to be bad, but are bad. You right. Know? Uh, the Orioles, not that the guy has much of a chance, but they're starting, you know, their, their idea is, hey, our rebuild's kind of starting to, you're going to see it now. So should we get a guy that we kind of want to be part of that? Mm-hmm. You might see something like that. You know, any of those teams that aren't that great, I mean, any of them can pull the trigger. You know, well, Marlon's going to go Don Maddenly. I don't think he'll, think he'll be around. Uh, the Nationals, could they go David Martinez? I doubt it. They just won too recent. Um, like I said, the Phillies, the Braves, I think they're they're not going anywhere there. Um, in the National League, the NL Central, I should say, um, the Cubs aren't going anything with David Ross. The Cardinals, Mike Schilt, could that be a move? Possibly. They are usually, they usually don't force anybody out the door. For the Cardinals, they usually give you a lot of time, so I, I don't think they'll do that, but you right. never know. And the NL West, like I said, we got the Padres. Dodgers ain't going nowhere. Giants aren't going nowhere. The Diamondbacks, again, one of the bad teams. I think the Diamondbacks, you know, definitely um, are going to be in the coaching search because they underperformed a lot more. Even though they're not great, but they underperformed. To an extreme degree. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the Rockies, I don't I don't think so. So, uh, you know, for the most part, I think you're talking the Yankees, the Mets, the Twins, uh, the Padres – you know, maybe the Cardinals, and then some under, you know, some teams that are kind of rebuilding. You know, maybe the Orioles are ready to go in a different direction. We've seen that with the Tigers. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like, hey, we're getting better, prospect-wise. Let's get a a manager who's a veteran manager who's who's, you know, he you know he cheated, but is known to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And look what happened. So maybe the Orioles decide to do that. Right, right. And they go that direction. And another guy, really, I think. Believe it or not, I think the Blue Jays, Montoya. I believe it's Montoya. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They kind of been all right all year until right now they're red hot. But if they miss the playoffs, that's another one. It doesn't. That team's young and exciting, and that, he just doesn't give that fit in kind of excitement. So I could see possibly them going in a different direction unless the, the Blue Jays make the playoffs and and you know and everyone loves them over there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that pretty much covers it. You know, Minnesota obviously is a glaring, uh, that's a glaring problem because they were in some realms, you know, projected to win the, the Central or at least compete. Um, Playoff bound. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Yankees were, by a lot of accounts, supposed to be World Series favorites, supposed to be at least favorites far and away. Um, they're in fourth, you know, so Boone's uh, got a problem there. Mets, you know, and some of these teams do have hit, had some adversity. COVID is a thing. Injuries happen, you know. Things happen in a season. You, you can't control everything. But, you know, the Mets are underperforming. They're fighting for 500. They're a team that really a lot of people thought was really going to compete for that for that Eastern division or at least compete for a wild card or something. Um, Padres have underperformed. Uh, they let what could be one of the – probably is probably still be, the best division in baseball just about. They let that slip away. Um, but the, and the Padres have one of the most talented teams in all of baseball. That's and they're not even close. To, well, they're close to a wild card, but that, that shouldn't be. No, they should be fighting for the division. Really, I mean, you couldn't expect the Giants to be playing how they are, but you got to. The Giants are only what two games better than the Dodgers. You got to be playing with the Dodgers. You know, that's what you came into the season wanting to do, and you're not even that. You're not even close to them, really. No, you're 15 um, games behind the Dodgers. Yeah, and that's your really. That's the team you want to 
you want to be right there with. So them, you could say Boston, but they they had low expectations coming to the season, and they're not going to get rid of Cora. You know, you could talk about, like you said, the Cardinals could potentially be a thing. Um, but, you know, even if it wasn't for the Braves' recent resurgence and uh, having them lead in the division, they, for a while, there could have been a hot seat uh, job there because, you know, that NL East division has really not been good, and they were supposed to be one of the best divisions in baseball. So if it, it hadn't been for low competition and the fact that the Braves came on strong at the end, that could have been a job that you could look at, but th- they'll be fine with that. But, yeah, what you said basically are all the teams uh, that, that you could see hot seat problems. And I think justified for a lot of them. Even the Blue Jays could see, you know, they're really, really hot, but people forget for most of the season they were just kind of, you know, with a guy with guys like Vlad who could be an MVP, Simeon who's had a, quite the comeback year, guys like Lourdes Gurriel, Teos Hernandez. Really the whole offense is, is pretty damn good. You have Robbie Ray's a Cy Young candidate and all that stuff. But like you said, he just does he fit? I don't know. Maybe he's the reason they're having this, this sudden resurgence and they're suddenly in the wild card spot. I don't know. You know, you could credit it to him, or you'd say, well, they'd be in the division race if we had someone else. So, you know, we'll see what happens with some of these teams. Um, some contracts are up, some they could just let them go. Or even, like you said, too, there's some of these teams that could just look at a new manager because all of a sudden they're starting to get good. And it's like, well, we want, you know, the Orioles. We don't need Brandon Hyde, you know, who's yelling at Robbie Ray for whatever. We don't need guys like that. We could use a Buck Showalter type guy that can well, lead us yeah. to, you know, Somewhere. Uh, something, you know, another one you could really look at is really the Astros. I don't think Dusty Baker has a contract next year. No, I think you're right. So what do they do? Well, if uh, listen, we're big Dusty Baker guys. I'm signing yeah. him back. Yeah. There's no and question. Frank Kona with the Indians. I think he stepped away. What happened yeah. there? Does he step away? Does he step away for good now? The Indians bring him back. The Guardians, Cleveland, whatever you want to call him. The Orioles can go, you know... Try getting a veteran manager, one ready to roll kind of guy. You know, there's a couple surprise ones you could see. Like I said, I think the Phillies, maybe the Cardinals are more surprising hot seats, maybe you'd see. But then you got Padres and Yankees, Mets, Twins. I think those are pretty much those wide are the big open ones, yeah. Right now, you know, it just matters what teams are. You know, if you're if you're the Pirates, are you ready to get rid of your manager to make that move now? Or you want to wait another year or two? Uh, Orioles, are you ready to do it right now, or do you want to wait a year or two? Tigers seem to do it, and they kind of kept somewhat competitive. The Mariners, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe it's even the Mariners get rid of theirs. Is that the guy they want mm-hmm. leading when this team gets good? Because the team's in the wild card right now. If they make the wild card, no, they're not getting rid of it. If they miss the wild card, they might get rid of him going, hey, we're pretty good now. Let's get our guy we want to be yeah. good with. And we're just going to get better with Kalanick so, and whatever. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's you know, some of them – Teams that aren't supposed to be that great, they're tough ones. But the teams that are supposed to be good, I mean, they're they're hot seats mm-hmm. for sure. And you're gonna you're gonna see some moves here. Um, you know, you probably have four. I would say maybe three to four jobs open. Yeah, that's a fair, and that's definitely fair. And uh, I think the New York jobs are the hottest too, because you know, a New York mentality, you just don't um, you just don't take that kind of. You know, not that the Yankees are ever having a losing season. They're actually have a, technically a winning season. But the Yankees, like, World Series are bust, essentially. And the Mets, with this new owner, he could be like a, you know, a guy that's like World Series are bust. And for a lot of Mets fans, it's getting to that point where they, they want to be there. Yeah, they, they have they, enough talent where they really should be deep playoffs. Yeah. They should be at least in the NL Central. Uh, I mean, NL uh, Championship game. NLCS. Yeah. But they, they're not even, they're 500. Which is, yeah. 
you know, nowhere near where their expectations were at. So, so yeah, you could see that uh, they could see them moving. They could do a lot of things. There's a lot of managers out there, ex players that are looking to get a managerial yeah. job. There's a lot of places you could go. Yeah. So and the Mets definitely, and they're up for grab with GM too. So you get a new GM, you get a new coach, put them together at the same time makes sense as well. Yeah. Yeah, and you could expect Cohen to make calls like that. You know, maybe even if the, it might be a quick trigger finger like you know Steinbrenner used to be, but uh, I think it might be better for the franchise to have a guy like that. I think the Mets could benefit from a guy like that that just doesn't just let things linger and then all of a sudden you're rebuilding again. You know, yeah, you're just too late to the party. Yeah, so so we'll see. Like I said, I think those are the hottest seats. I think Padres definitely got to look at, and um, you know, we'll see where where things go from there. You could see surprise. Uh, things happen, like you said, with the, with the Cardinals, and uh, you know I brought it up even earlier when we were talking off uh, off the air. But uh, uh, Joe Madden with the Angels, do the Angels have enough all of a sudden and just say enough games, you know? But they had some adversity with guys like Trout not playing all year. Basically, Rendon, Rendon didn't play all year, so you know, their pitching staff already isn't good, you know. So um, that could be a surprise thing too. But you know, there's a lot of there's options out there, and there's uh, like I said, there's managers that want to still manage, and there's ex-players that are looking to get in they're hungry so uh we'll see what happens and what giambi oh Oh, i would love that yeah um you know some guys like that who are kind of sniffing around the game to get back in Mm -hmm. uh coaching wise and then you get guys like buck walter who belongs in the game Mm -hmm. um so there's a bunch of you know top guys um or you know then there's always some sleeper guys miguel cairo is out there and guys like that so we'll see yeah, yeah. Well, the last few weeks of the season here are definitely going to be the telling signs too. That could really shift the guy's job security. So with that, let's move on to our the news segment of the show. Quite a bit of, uh, you know, kind of like how we talked about, you know, last week or two uh, statistical news. There's some big stuff here. So number one, on Sunday, Max Scherzer became the 19th pitcher in MLB history to record his 3,000th career strikeout. He struck out uh, Eric Hosmer. Uh, for the 3,000th, and I believe it was his sixth strikeout of the game. Scherzer almost made further history by throwing a perfect game, but the perfect game came to an end uh, in the eighth inning, and Scherzer's career now is likely headed to Cooperstown, if it wasn't already before. Yeah. Um, I don't know what his career already or anything like that was. I didn't do too much research on him before, the, but 3,000 strikeouts in today's game is uh, pretty good. Yeah, and he's got uh, the no-hitter, right? <clears throat> 20-strikeout game. Yep. He and also tied another record. In that game, he got his third immaculate inning in his career. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so we tied that. He's got some Cy Youngs, I think. Yeah, World Series. Yeah, so he's got some uh, got some accolades, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's a, a big moment for him in his his long career at this point. Yeah, it's been. I think he's been in the league for 13, 14 years, and they come up with the Diamondbacks. Yeah. So there you go. Number two. Uh, another no-hitter was thrown. On Saturday, the Brewers tossed a combined no-hitter against the Indians, the ninth of the season, setting an all-time record. Uh, the Indians also became the first team in history to be no-hit three times in a season. First was Carlos Rodon on April 14th. Second was Wade Miley on May 7th. And finally against the Brewers on Saturday. Corbin Burns tossed eight no-hit innings with Hayter closing the game out uh, in the ninth. So, yes, nine no-hitters this year. Sets a record that was set back in like, the late 1800s. And uh, Indians set their own record, unfortunately for them, uh, about, you know, being no-hit three times. So congrats to the Brewers and Corbin Burns. They continue to have an amazing uh, year all around on their team. So they make, like I said, they make number nine on the year. Yeah. Uh, yep, nine no-hitters, and the Indians were a third of them. 
Yeah, that's amazing. That's just, and I think the Rangers had two, and someone else had. But the Mariners had two. Yeah, I believe so. so. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so you know, congrats to them, and unfortunately, the Indians are part of that now too. Number three, the MVP race is heating up in the AL. So Shohei Otani and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. are the clear front runners for the AL MVP at this point, as Otani currently leads the league in home runs and slugging percentage, while he also touts a 2.97 ERA. Uh, as a pitcher with 135 strikeouts and 112 innings. Vlad Jr., on the other hand, currently sits leading the AL in batting average, on base, OPS, runs, hits, total bases, and OPS+. plus. He's also close in batting average, RBIs, and home runs. He's chasing the Triple Crown realistically. Well, he's tied home runs now. He right. Home run yesterday. Right, right. So, so he's tied for home runs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, you got to realistically look at a Triple Crown season for him if he keeps – if they – Blue Jays as a whole keep hitting like this. So will the Blue Jays continue their winning ways? And will that help Vlad propel himself over Otani? Because a lot of people are going to vote for Otani because of the two-way player thing. But now with the Blue Jays, if they make the playoffs all of a sudden, now you're like, wait a minute. Do you take Vlad off that team? Yeah. It's a different team. Yeah, you take Otani off the Angels, they're still missing the playoffs. They're still, yeah, they're still sub-500. Otani's going to win the MVP because they love him. They just fell in love with him. Mm. I think he could have had a five-year raise as a pitcher this year, and he would have won MVP. Mm. They, the, the writers and around baseball, and, and for good reason, he's a great player, and he's doing stuff that we haven't seen, you know, since Babe Ruth. Yeah, but hundred years. Um, you know, I, I think Vlad's also putting up years or a year that's not been seen from a guy who's twenty-three years old. Yeah. So it'll be close. I mean, I think if Vlad gets the triple crown, I I can't see how you don't give him the MVP. Agreed. Yeah, I think that that's the clincher. Like, what are you, you going to say? The playoffs. Yeah. So, uh, but that should be an exciting uh, race here down the stretch as well. Some news I have here. Uh, Mets and Yankees, uh, exciting game yesterday. They get into a uh, bench clearing, uh, you know, skirmish, talking back and forth. This came because Tawan Walker was tipping pitches. The Yankees seen that he was tipping pitches. Someone from the Yankees dugout was whistling when they were seeing it. No, this isn't cheating. No, this isn't the Astros. No, this isn't the Red Sox. That's more clean baseball. You tip your pitches. They pick up on it. Usually, it's just you tell them when this happens, this pitch is coming. They whistled out at times. This is not, this is not exactly what happened either. This is not, this is not confirmed or anything. This is right. what the allegation was. That they would whistle out when, you know, if he moved this way, it was a curveball. If he moved this way, it was a fastball. Um, so, the hitters were more aware. Um, Mets got, you know, found this out or think they found it out. Changed it, and the players got a little upset. Lindor had a home run. Yesterday, he showed a whistle sign. Um, then Stanton hit a home run. Stopped pretty much dead stop at second base. Looked at Lindor. Said, cut the crap. No one wants to hear it. And, you know, we didn't do anything wrong. And continued on his way. Lindor backed off. Other Mets got upset. Stanton went to the dugout. Benches cleared. And then all of a sudden, Baez and Lindor won the fight. Now that the big... You know, mammoth man was in the dugout. <laughs> but when he was standing there at shortstop face-to-face with Lindor, there doesn't seem to be much of an argument. No, you know, much um, to say, yeah. But, yes, the, the Yankees, is the whistling part maybe a touch beyond the normal process? Sure. Could be, if that's true. But still not cheating. Electronically stealing signs, using equipment, technology, having someone's job stand out in center field, that's cheating. This is more... Hey, you're you're telling us what's going on. We're gonna use it. Right. Like I said, it's the whistle part. If you really want to break that down, 
Is that, you know... Could it be seen as Bush League? Is that one of those unwritten rule kind of things? Not that it's unwritten, but more of like a, hey, you just don't do that part. Right. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you've seen teams in the past certainly look at the intentional balk so that they can't steal signs. Guys on second base, they, they balk and they get them to third so they can't steal signs. Guys have little things. I've seen earlier in the year, uh, they might have been the Astros. They, the guy could look in and see what the catcher was throwing. He'd look left for a breaking ball. He'd look right for a fastball. It's just they didn't whistle. But the same thing applied. They yeah. were they looked they, the guy was tipping, and you know signs were stolen, and they didn't use a camera or nothing. So, yeah. um, like you said, maybe the whistling was too far, but yeah. you know it's not much more than than one of your unwritten rules getting broken, right? Running across the mound or anything like that. So cheating, no. Um, tipping pitches, g- great. If you can find it out, use it. Mm-hmm. No problem with that. It's the electronic stealing it and stuff like that. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. And um, the Yankees, if that's what happened. You know that's that's not there's no issue there, um, but that was my so my news here. Uh, something else I had, as you mentioned, you had the triple crown. We're coming, you know, coming down to the wire. That's getting exciting and getting close. Um, but also we have, um, you know, a little bit bit of news come from the Yankees as Torres will be moving to second base, all for shortstop after some of his issues this year at shortstop. So mm. just a piece of news, just because of him being one of the uh, uber potential talents in baseball and the Yankees being a world series or bus team. They're deciding to make a move here right down the stretch as they're struggling to now move him to second base and kind of revamp their defense. So it's definitely something to take note of, you know, for, for the Yankees and for the playoff chase. Yeah. And someone like that, who's so young, who still has a lot of potential, could that change his approach, approach to play? You know, could he feel more comfortable in the field? So now he feels more comfortable to play. You know, things like that affect a guy. So, um, yeah, it's just an interesting little uh, thing you could say. And he is definitely one of the guys, you you know, the young guys in the game that uh, could really be a star. So, you never know. Uh, but to wrap everything up, number four, uh, who's doing the best right now? Uh, not much has changed here. Uh, the Giants still on the best record in the league at 93-50. and 50, And with a win, uh, their next win will clinch them a playoff spot. The Dodgers right, sit right behind them at 91-53. and 53. They are also obviously then close for a playoff spot. Over in the AL, the Rays still own the best record uh, at 89-54, and there's no one really close to them. So uh, the Astros are the next closest at 83-59. and 59. Dodgers still own the best run differential in the league at plus 234, and the Orioles still own the worst at minus 257. So that's your best in, uh, I guess, with the Orioles' worst team in the in the league. Yeah, yeah. Um... Some hot teams I want to mention here. We got the Blue Jays, Royals, Rangers, Brewers, Giants, and Dodgers all playing pretty good baseball here over the last uh, seven to ten days. Um, some cold teams we're looking at: the Yankees have been struggling, the Indians, the A's, Phillies, and Padres. Some teams not playing so good over the last seven to ten days. Mm-hmm. So, and some of these teams on the cold list here are, you know, in, in the hunt. Yeah. So you know kind of make a break right now as we've been saying for the last two weeks but definitely I mean you're, you're really coming down to two weeks left of the season so you know one game can you know end your season yeah yeah so. absolutely you gotta treat every game if you're really on the bubble you gotta treat every game like a playoff game you know so there's a lot of teams sitting right there yep but we'll see what happens so let's move on to who's hot and who's not the hottest and coldest players of the week uh number one uh Max Scherzer was the NL player of the week for you know, good reason. So I only have one uh, batter here for the hot list, and it's Andrew Benintendi, who won the AL Player of the Week. He batted 480 over the last week with a 920 slugging and a 1401 OPS. 
Uh, number two, Juan Soto, batted 571 with an 857 slugging and a 1547 OPS. Number three, Miguel Cabrera, batted 550 over the last week, 650 slugging and a 1200 OPS. I believe at one point, I think he had nine straight plate appearances with a hit or something yeah, ridiculous he like was that. Like the oldest player to do so. Or- yeah. Oldest player, 80 years to do so. Something. I'm sure there was Ty Cobb or yeah. Babe Ruth or Onus Wagner. Somebody up there slapped yeah. the ball around for a sure. while. Pete Rose even. So. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, yeah, he can still hit for sure. Number four, Teoscar Hernandez. Batting 462 over last week with an 808 slugging and a 1370 OPS. And number five, Nelson Cruz. Batted 455 with a 955 slugging and a 1455 OPS over the last week. Yeah, it's uh, pretty good. pretty good hitting. Some guys I want to add to that list, Alex Bregman playing well, uh, really ever since he came off the IL. Um, Bryce Harper pushed himself to uh, really the forefront of the NL MVP race. And Mookie Betts playing well after a really much, pretty much a down year, an injury-filled year mm. for the most part. He's starting to play well um, at this point. Um, some pitchers that are pitching well, obviously Corbin Burns, part of a no-hitter. Eric Lauer for the Brewers pitching really well. Uh, Marco Gonzalez. He's been pitching pretty good. Joel Ryan, I believe, had a no-hitter mm-hmm. into six, seven innings for the Twins. And Giovanni Gallegos, taking over for Alex Reyes in the closer role for the Cardinals, has been pitching great. I think he had four saves just last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some guys there really pitching well. Um, and a couple of these for, for playoff-bound teams. Again, a couple of Brewers pitchers, a Mariners pitcher, and a Cardinals relief pitcher here. So, you know, they're, they're kind of carrying their team as best they can, pitching-wise, to, you know, get to a postseason and get to a high seed. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, with that, let's move on to the cold players of the week. Uh, number one, Trent Grisham, zero average, zero slugging, a .056 OPS. So for his last 17. So I guess he just has one walk, you know, smushed in there. Not great. No. Um, Alberto Mondesi, number two, 053 average with a 211 slugging and a 310 OPS over the last week. Number three, Carlos Santana, an 080 average, a 200 slugging and a 315 OPS over the last week. Number four, David Fletcher, 100 average over the last week with a 100 slugging and a 282 OPS. And number five, Luis Arias, uh, 105 average with a 211 slugging and a 428 OPS over his last week. Yeah, that's definitely not where you want to be. No. Um, some other players here that have been cold, Matt Chapman for the A's, Will Myers, Kevin Pillar, Kyle Swarber, and Austin Riley. And every one of those guys in a playoff race. Every one of those cold guys I just named uh, are in a, in the you know mix of a playoff race, so Not obviously great. can cause an issue. Mm-hmm. You're trying to chase down a playoff spot, and one of your better players is, is cold right now. Right. So um, some pitchers who have been struggling: Savelli for the Indians got beat up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Richard Rodriguez for the Pirate or the, um, for the Braves. Yeah. Had two mm-hmm. losses, I believe, this past week, and like eight earned runs or seven earned runs, something pretty yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Brad Brock. I believe he had an infinity year right this week. I believe he tried pitching once, and I think he gave like four runs. Bumgarner not pitching well, and Tywan Walker been struggling really of late. Last yeah. almost two months for Tywan Walker, not not struggling bad, bad, but not like know, how he mid was. to high four is the array where it's like you know, this guy's just not quite right. Maybe the tipping pitches that we've seen the Yankees Mets cause an issue could be part of the reason. Right. Yeah. But um, those are some pitches here have been struggling of late, and again, Rodriguez with the Braves. Um, but Bumgarner uh, with the Diamondbacks, obviously that's, that doesn't mean anything. You know, that's just for his own career at this point. Yeah, really. Um, but yeah. you got Rodriguez for the Braves um, and Walker with the Mets. These are, these guys are in the playoff hunt, so you kind of need them as best as you can. And then you got, you know, obviously just Bumgarner's a big name 
yeah. kind of expect him to keep pitching relatively well, um, kind of struggling uh, on and on on and off all year. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, you know, like you said, some of these guys are just playing for their for their own career and their own uh, their own stats because, you know, like Bumgarner at this point with the Diamondbacks, yeah, it's not like... Or for a trade next year. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, this is how it goes. Yeah, hopefully they pick it up. Especially a guy, like I said, like Bumgarner, who was really, really an all-star and... Uh, Pushing for a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was the savior of, of some of those World Series, specifically, what, the 20... 2014 one or so I mean he was like the savior yeah but yeah they get to the next part we go into some injuries here we've seen uh, Wander Franco placed on the IL in the mix of an on-base streak record-breaking on-base streak mm. uh, Chris Sales striking by the COVID for the Red Sox been having you know that's terrible for him because he was just you know came come back and pitching pretty well and the Red Sox obviously need him as bad mm. as anyone needs anybody yeah yeah um, Zach Britton Tommy John see you later uh, next year, at the end of the next year, to expect him to be back. Michael Brantley, day to day, get him healthy. If the Astros want to do anything, mm-hmm. uh, I believe Matt Chapman, day to day as well. For the A's, again, another guy they need if they want to try doing anything. Yeah. Uh, Riley Telez for the Brewers, who's been pretty much an uh, unsung hero kind of for the Brewers, uh, mm-hmm. placed in the IL. Danny Duffy done for a year with elbow pain. Yep. So a little move that the Dodgers made. Actually, it was a little move. They they stole him from the Royals and obviously now he has issues. They didn't really pitch with the Dodgers, so I guess the Royals actually end up winning that deal. Technically, yeah. Um, and Blake Snell left to start yesterday after 11 pitches with um, some issues, so we'll see. He was pitching really well over the last month or so, and the Padres are definitely need all hands on deck if they want to do something. Yeah. So that's a big, possibly a big loss for them. On the other side of the injury news, George Springer, yes, is playing. He will DH. It's been the, the the consensus for the rest of the year. He won't be in the outfield. If he is, it'll be late in the playoffs and a little bit. Mm. They don't have his legs, and he keeps having issues. They don't want him out on the field. They want his bat. They need his bat more than they need him in center field is their their idea. Right. So right. to look out for that, not really injury-related, but kind of injury-related. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Judge left yesterday's game day-to-day um, with dizziness. He played today, hit a home run. Big home run for the Yankees, but something to take note of because we also have – Frazier with the Yankees, who has uh, a dizzy problem, and he might not ever come back. Yeah, like he might never play baseball yeah. again. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just a freak thing or if there was just something weird yesterday with Judge. Mm. Um, Garrett Coles did a day. He is expected to pitch tomorrow, um, Tuesday. So by the time this episode goes up, we'll know if he pitched good or not. Yeah. Um, Shane Bieber starting a rehab assignment. That's just a big name. Got to see him back. Brennan Nimmo expected to be returned soon for the Mets. Could help them a lot. Yeah. Uh, Jack Flaherty still pushing to be back with the Cardinals one game out of the playoffs. He can come back and pitch once, maybe down the, the regular season, could help them big time. Mm-hmm. And then into a playoff push or into the playoffs, they make it, would be huge for them. Yeah. Tyler Naquin, day-to-day for the for the Reds, another team pushing for a playoff spot. Kershaw is supposed to be activated today to pitch. Just going to get ready here for the playoffs. And Tony Goslin for the Dodgers was you know, expected to be activated, if not activated already, pretty in the next day or two to pitch. So Dodgers getting healthy here at the right time. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, that definitely helps them. I mean, I know Kershaw's had his uh, notable postseason issues, but having a guy like that back, a veteran guy, um, to help with the playoff push, you know, always helps. Uh, not that the not that the Dodgers are lacking any pitching this year. You know, they lose Trevor Bauer, and they get Max Scherzer. So, <laughs> they're not really lacking in the pitching department. <laughs> yeah, and Julio Urias turns into Zion Cannon. Yeah. Yeah, and we already have Walker Bueller was a Scion candidate all year, so yeah, you add Kershaw, and it's like, okay, you know, looking yeah. okay. 
But yeah, that's just some injury guys, and most of them guys are, again, playoff bound or playoff race teams. That's why I brought a lot of these up, because they're, they're, you know, they have a, a say on this year and next year and the future, because you make the playoffs this year, uh, you know, what does it do for the team? You miss the playoffs this year, what does it do for the team? It, it just sets off a, you know, snowball effect. Mm. So, mm. Right, um, right. But uh, definitely some names to take notice of there. There's some big names there, but nothing too serious. You know, Britain had his issues. But for the most part, it's all kind of like, hey, all right. It's not, not the worst news in the world. Right, right. But other than that, um, you know, the last little bit we have here is, of course, our weekly or per episode uh, trivia question we always do. And with the season coming to an end and stats and everyone's looking at stats, triple crowns and MVPs. I wanted to do uh, this trivia question. That is, who was the last player to have 160 or more RBIs in a single season? I think there's only been 12 seasons, 14 seasons of 160 RBIs or so. A good amount of them coming from the dawn of the RBIs. <clears throat> and that's mm. including some years of RBIs before RBIs was an official stat. Mm. There's a couple years that had over 160. Right, right. Um, but who was the last one to have 160 or more RBIs in a single season? And the answer is, in 2001, Sammy Sosa had 160 RBIs on the dot for the Cubs. Wow. Um, the second to last one, oddly enough, was 1999, when Manny Ramirez had 165 RBIs with the Indians. That makes sense, because the Indians had maybe one of the greatest offenses of all time. Yeah. Of mm-hmm. course, they didn't win a World Series with that great offense, but they had one of the greatest offenses of all time, including both Alomars, Manny Ramirez, Jim Tomey, Albert Bell, Kenny Lofton, I mean, obviously, Manny Ramirez himself. I mean, I... Yeah, there's a lot of names there. <laughs> that's uh, Yeah, that's some of the greatest hitters of the 90s mm-hmm. and early 2000s right there. So having 165 RBIs makes sense with that good offense, but also kind of surprising because that means a lot. there's a lot of other guys who are driving runs in too. Mm-hmm. That's true. Jim Tomey and Albert Bell, who's one of the greatest RBI machines of all time, Albert Bell. It's true. In a short career, over a thousand. I think he has uh, 1,200 RBIs in like 10 years, which would be average about 120 a year, which is incredible. Yeah, that is. So, <laughs> That's nuts. Um, but yeah, so who was the last player to have 160 RBIs or more in a single season? 2001, Sammy Sosa had 160 RBIs for the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, he was just, I mean, golly, with those steroid <laughs> eras was just insane statistics. He had a lot of home runs, a lot of RBIs, high averages. I mean... God, the game was so offensive, you know, around that time. It's crazy. Um, I, I mean, granted, you had a lot of great pitching, but, man, some of the offensive numbers is just mind-boggling to those, that era. Those years were when these guys got hot, they got just incredibly hot. Yeah, like, like they, Sosa, I think, had 20-something home runs in, in the month of August that one year. I mean, like... I mean, that's just... That's, that's just berserk. Yeah, like that's that many home runs. That's a yet a great season for somebody. He had it in a month. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, that's just that's just how it went though. But balls like a big beach ball coming in, you know. Yeah, and then that never missing it and crushing a ball. Mm. So, but yeah, I just wanted to bring that up with us talking about the triple crown race and some stats and RBIs and a bunch of you know things coming up. Um, now we don't have anybody really on the verge of that. I think Jose Abreu is leading the whole league with RBIs at 105. Go figure. It Sounds about right. Like the league, this, this would be the third year in a row. Mm-hmm. He'll lead the AL if he, if he holds on. So, um, 160, he's not quite getting there this year. Would I be surprised to see 160 out of somebody? No, in the near future. No. Teams like the Blue Jays set up and, and maybe a team like the Dodgers and even the Yankees, if they can figure out something over there, 
there's some teams set up offensively that could really drive some runs in. Yeah. Um, and really cause quite the ruckus. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Um, like you said, with this Blue Jays team, the way they've been hitting lately is like, oh, my God. You know, they have guys with a lot of RBIs. I think they have like two, three hundred RBI guys. Simeon, Vlad, and someone else, Teoscar Hernandez. I don't know. Yeah, looking pretty good. And, you know, I don't think anyone will ever touch the RBI record. But you never. I guess you never say never. Um, that'd be impressive. <laughs> hundred They would need like 192 RBIs, right, yeah, to, to break it. 191, I think he had, what, 1930? Yeah, 31. with less games, <laughs> you know, technically. That's so. never missing a chance. For yeah, a run. Mm-hmm. basically and then making your own RBIs by hitting yourself in. Yeah, you basically had to have an RBI every day plus some, every game I should say. Yeah, so. like one point one RBI every game. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ! Um, you even have one point one hit every game is very very impressive. Yeah, exactly. If you get a hit every day, I mean, that's just making all your hits count. Every hit was an RBI. Yeah, and that's you have a good enough team to where people were on. So yeah, no one else is knocking them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, just you. Well, runs less hack hits, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, better get hack up there. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like how Lemayhu was the last two years, but but anyway. So yeah, that's kind of all I got for this episode. Um, it was just recently first uh, weekend with football. I know everyone was kind of really excited for that, but I think baseball put on a good show with the Yankees and the Mets. You know, proves that baseball can, I guess, compete with uh, you know, even with the first week of football where it's at peak excitement you know, until you're getting to playoff time, you know, so it was good to see that there was a game like that televised and, and, uh, and I think it just can only help baseball to have stuff like that go on. So if you're a big football person or just a big sports person, your football team won, good for you. If your fantasy football team won, good for you. Um, but hopefully, you know, we see, uh, some good, uh, some good baseball here to finish and some good football to carry us uh, on a lot of sports fans into the winter when we have, you know, really just that and uh, hockey and basketball coming too. So we'll see what happens. And uh, hopefully the, uh, the wildcard races get even hotter than they already are, which is pretty hard to believe. So uh, like I said, that's all I got. I don't know if you got anything else to close out with or if that's kind of, it's kind of all you got. Uh, yeah, we talked about it for a couple of weeks now. Uh, a lot of sports picking up college football going nuts already. Uh, NFL just started with a great weekend for them. Not over yet. The Raiders play tonight. Monday Night Football in Vegas with the fans against uh, the Baltimore Ravens and that team. Well, hopefully the Raiders win. Yeah, uh, we'll see what a happens. Good team this year, and they're going to surprise some people, and should be a good game. So I'm excited to go watch that. But um, for baseball, I mean, we're coming right down to if you're not the daily fan, it's time to start turning your TV on because you know. Once that cool air starts hitting, you know what it means. That means playoff baseball and, and just intensity all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and you really, I mean, the only thing is you don't have many divisional races, so you got to look yeah. for the wild card. Oh, I guess if you're a fan of the Rays or White Sox or something, you're fine. Yeah, you don't but care. Hey, listen, wild card right now, I mean, you can have three playing games. Mm. You have three playing games to figure out who's going to have the one-game playoff wild card to think, see who's going to play the LDS <laughs> or NLDS. That's where we're at. Yeah. I mean, every year we always have that and it never ends up happening, but – might be this year because of COVID and all that crap. Just makes sense that this would just be historically a mess. Yeah, yeah. There's makes definitely sense there's going to be a playing game or two playing games just to get to the one game playing game. Yeah, there's definitely a good shot of that with the way both wild cards look. It's not just the one. You know, look at yeah. the NL wild card. The Cardinals are coming up strong now. Cardinals so are game out. The Phillies still there. The Mets are getting hot. I'm still hanging around. I mean, the Padres are there. The Reds are there. I mean, yeah, it's a mess. It's insane. It's in, it's in it's the mess you want to see. Unless yeah. you're one of those teams. 
I mean, even if you like that team, you kind of want to be in the mess, but you like to just be like, yeah, I'm the Dodgers and I'm 15 games up in the wild card. Yeah, I'm, like, you're I'm just here now. Looking down at everyone. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, no. like to at least be in the playoff hunt if you're a team like the Reds, mm. who you know, haven't been that great recently. The Mariners, of course. Mm. Um, A's fans, you know, they've been pretty good here, but, you know, playoff hunt. So there's some teams here, the Mets, of course. Uh, Phillies teams are hungry for playoffs, so yeah. and this is great for their fan bases. Yeah, absolutely. And Blue Jays, I mean, hell, I mean, I picked them to get a wild card, but not at the expense of maybe the Yankees. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, back in Toronto, could they finally make the playoffs? Well, they're in Toronto because last year they made the playoffs and they weren't in Toronto. Yeah, they're in Buffalo. Yeah, so, so. what a ruckus! But we're gonna have a great two two and a half weeks of the regular season, including other sports that are just starting up. Yeah, so we'll see. It's it's gonna get exciting. It's already been exciting. And then we have playoff baseball coming, so it's just a good time for sports in general. So Yeah, and if you guys remember last year's playoff baseball, Brett Phillips game, I mean, <laughs> it was just mind-boggling. Yeah. It was just it almost – you had to go to bed. You know, <laughs> I know it was like 1 in the morning or whatever. I mean, sense you to go to bed. But the, just that game could have been 1 in the afternoon, and it'd be like, I got to go lay down. <laughs> it was yeah. just too much it was just all at once. Too much you had to handle on that one last play. Yeah. It was like, ah. Up and down and up and down and up and down. Like, oh. Oh no! Oh my God! Oh here you go! Get up! Oh here he is! No, it's just a mess. So that's just, yeah. that's just how playoff baseball games are, all the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I look forward to that. Look forward to some football, and then basketball and uh, hockey seasons coming too for those fans. So yeah. So with that, uh, like I said, that's all I got. So unless you got one final note, let's get out of here. No, that's it. So that, that's all I got. And uh, go Raiders! There you go. So, so with that, uh, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our uh, website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLapree. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLapree. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep, take care.